What's up, everybody? Special Forbidden Door Pulse show as I turn out of the United Center parking lot and on my way home on a Sunday night at 11.10 p.m. Oh, man. Forbidden Door from AEW at the United Center of Chicago. Well, let me tell you, no surprise that Chicago showed up and showed out again for All Elite Wrestling. And if it's a WWE, if it's Independence, doesn't matter. Chicago is just an A-town. If you're from here, you know what I'm talking about. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, you know that Chicago is one of the major markets when it comes to pro wrestling and once again it showed why crazy so as we've been talking about a good karma wrestling and if you have not checked out good karma wrestling you should every thursday it's live seven o'clock eastern four pacific on youtube youtube.com look for good karma wrestling and of course the podcast here if you follow along the podcast then you know that it's it airs you could get the audio whenever you'd like, but I like to give these specials, especially when I first get out of the arena, and uh, man, it was just uh, uh, really amazing, the energy in the building, and so let's just talk about the card for a second. As far as pops are concerned, and once again, if you know uh, the special podcasts I do, I don't have any notes in front of me, I just drive, and I just think about some of the things that stood out, so I don't have like a list of things in front of me, but I can talk about the pops. FTR is so fucking over. It's it's not just Chicago. Like, if you've been watching, especially over the last couple of months, FTR is just amazingly over with the crowd. It was amazing to hear the pop. That was a Road Warrior pop that they got. As soon as you hear the first couple of chords of their song, the kind of remix of the Midnight Express. It is amazing how people are so into FTR. Maybe they're into Dax even more so than anything else because he's had a lot of these uh, terrific singles matches, but people are really into uh, Dax. Uh, That sound? Uh, popping fireworks <laughs> two blocks from the United Center. Why they decided that before the 4th of July, I don't know, but that looked like about $50 worth of fireworks. Now I'm not shot, I'm fine. <laughs> I just want you to see what I saw to my right as I'm driving down Madison, uh, leaving the United Center. Somebody in the parking lot just decides to pop off about $50 worth of fireworks. Anyway, FTR, man, completely over with the crowd. And a lot of respect uh, from the fans. And so they end up being the champions in their match. And so they are on a roll here. IWGP Tag Team Champions, ROH Tag Team champion. I mean, just... They, they are getting all the championships. Triple A, the Triple A Tag Team Champions in Mexico. And then the way that they hugged afterwards. they just like, man, they, they are really happy about their success. This is what they've always wanted, but you can't get that all in the WWE. 
And for someone who is a tag team mark, I'm just happy for those two because they put on a show. Now, here's what's interesting about Dax. So early in the match, you know, Dax looks like he's injured his shoulder. And even though this is like four or five minutes into the match, the wind left the sails of the fans because they're like, oh, my God, this pay-per-view is snake-bitten. How is it that now Dax is hurt? He comes back now again. I was did not go to the press conferences, you know, afterwards. I, right after the show, I left. I, I did not stick around to find out what's going on with Dax and whether how legit that shoulder is. But the point is, whether he's working it or not, fans were very concerned because, if nothing else, Forbidden Door is snake-bitten. We didn't get a Danielson. We didn't, didn't get Punk. Uh, there's a number of injuries that took place around this pay-per-view, and yet they put it together. So when Dax goes down, it's like, oh, my God, now the tag team match is ruined. You know, what's going to happen to FTR? And then here comes Dax coming back, taped up the shoulder, everything else, and he just performs as if nothing happened. Whether we were worked or not, you could just know that the emotion was there for Dax and for FTR, and FTR ends up winning that... uh, that tag team matchup, and they win the championships for IWGP. So these guys, if healthy, are going to be in Japan, Mexico, AEW, all in between, um, just showing how great they are, and they are a great tag team. Um, even though Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff in the past never really believed in tag team wrestling, I certainly do because I love it. Uh, it's just it's great. I thought it was a rough night for the officials for AEW. Um, couple of close calls that should have been, you know, three counts, and it was, you know, they hit the mat three times, and they say, no, no, it's two, it's two and a half, or two and three quarters, and it's like, you know, I know there's a lot of near falls, and guys are always pulling that shoulder up at the very, 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 very last minute, but man, it makes the officials look stupid, and I didn't think that they had a good night, they got booed a lot at the United Center, just telling you what I saw live there, um, Something else, too, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., the mystery opponent, the favorite, as you well know, the favorite, and we talked about this in Good Karma Wrestling, was Claudio Castagnoli, Cesaro, returning to wrestling. Um, the other option I threw out there was uh, Jonathan Gresham, but really the pop was going to go to Cesaro, uh, Claudio Castagnoli. I paid good money to see him wrestle at ROH in the Chicagoland area in the Midwest, and I know that he can go. And I know that some of the recent WWE fans that saw him just, all they wanted him to do is the giant swing. And it's like, man, if you watch Claudio over the years, he's much more than that giant swing. It's a good it's a good spot for sure because it gets the crowd going. But, I mean, that guy can really, really wrestle. Something I noticed in, you know, when they made an introduction of Claudio, I was looking up at the big screen of the United Center and it said Blackpool Combat Club. And I was thinking, okay, I don't know what was said on TV, but is he a new member of the Blackpool uh, Combat Club? I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I saw that and I said, boy, that's, that was part of his Titantron, where it said Claudio Cascinoli. It had the flag from his country and it had Blackpool Combat Club. So I don't know if he's part of it, but looked like he is, just based on what I saw there on the big screen, and he performed so well. I felt like since it might have been the first time that Zack Sabre Jr. and Claudio have wrestled one another, I kind of thought that um, 
that there was a lot more to give with those two. And I'd love to see that match nine or ten more times. I don't know if we'll ever get it nine or ten more times. But say, for instance, this is in New Japan. Oh, my God. That match would just be tremendous. Because that would be 30 minutes, guys going back and forth. It wouldn't be Zack Sabre Jr. kind of doing the Brian Danielson kicks and trying to wrestle like Brian Danielson just to just to uh, fuck with the crowd. Um, I think that that could be a classic. I really do between those two. Two great styles of Zack Sabre Jr. being a great wrestler and then Claudio with the power and the wrestling ability. I just think that that would be fantastic to see that match go 30 minutes like New Japan rules, you know, or, or have it in Japan. I just think that'd be great. Uh, I'd love to see that. Let's see. Will Ospreay against um, Orange Cassidy. You know, this was a letdown in some ways going in because it's it, if you're an Orange Cassidy fan, you're not going to like what I'm going to say. I think Orange Cassidy is just a, a fine gimmick. I know that he has the penchant to be able to you know, wrestle well in bursts. But it, it's comedy first with him. And when I first saw him in the indies, I mean, that his act worked well for 200 people and, and 300 people in an arena. And on paper, when you think of that, you think, okay, Will Ospreay, to me, is the best wrestler in the world currently. And the reason why is because, you know, Kenny Omega's on the shelf and I just believe that uh, the best wrestler right now is uh, Zach. Is um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to turn down this way. Is uh, Will Osprey? And so I saw already like, oh, this is a great match, boy, a great match. Nah, I don't think it was a great match. I think it was some really great near falls uh, from Orange Cassidy for him to kick out at. You know, two and a half or two and three quarters at times. I don't know if it was a great match. I just thought that anything that Will Ospreay's in, it's going to be fantastic. And I, that's why I think that he's great. But, um, yeah, I, didn't, I don't know if that was what I would consider like a classic or great match. I would consider that uh, Orange Cassidy fared well, uh, better than I thought he would in that matchup. So, I mean, Will Ospreay is just great. If you haven't seen a lot of him one YouTube search, just get in the catalog of of Will Ospreay, that guy is great, not good, he's great, and uh, so I look forward to seeing uh, more of Ospreay, and like, so after tonight, and that's another thing too, I was wondering, like, after tonight, what, uh, what's going on with the New Japan guys, do they just leave, do they still have business with AEW, is this just a one-off with Forbidden Door, I don't know. Uh, my hope is is that this helps New Japan in a big way because they need a lift. And for AEW, hopefully they'll go back to their storylines. That's what I was thinking about. Um, what else? Uh, Thunder Rosa against Tony Storm. Everywhere that Thunder Rosa goes, she gets a big pop. Indies, AEW. I saw her at Warrior Wrestling like two, at least twice. And anytime that uh, she's out there, she gets a lot of respect. And so she takes on Tony Storm, and she beats Tony Storm clean as a whistle in the ring. Just laid her out, one, two, three. And if you're going to build up a champion, it's kind of got to be that way. I know that there's a lot of Tony Storm fans. I am too, for several reasons. 
Um, I'm a big Tony Storm fan, but I, but the one thing I do know is that she can go. She is a fantastic wrestler, and um, so I thought that uh, Rosa did well in her matchup. I look forward to seeing her against other talent now. Maybe she's moved on from Tony Storm, but that was that was good. I, I wish the match was a little longer, actually, but I know that there was a time crunch because this sucker went almost four hours um, before the buy-in, um, or after the buy-in. It was almost four hours. Let's see. Let me think. Oh, so Chris Jericho, as I mentioned, I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm just uh, trying to remember all the things I really liked about the show and some things that, you know, that were, were good. Uh, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Suzuki. Oh, Suzuki. <laughs> he just... He just gets a pop, man. They just so much respect from New Japan fans, and I think fans of the United States that understand like this is uh, a, a grappling grandpa, and I think that we suspend belief in how old he really is. That guy can take a punishment. That guy takes so much punishment. It's crazy. Um, but he's in that match with Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and uh, and Shota. And Eddie Kingston, another cult favorite, by the way. And Eddie Kingston. Here's a guy here that when he comes out, he gets a huge pop, too. There's so much respect for him. And when, I guess one of the big spots was Jericho against Utah. When I saw Jericho and Utah, it made me think, man, I would love to see those two wrestle in a singles. Because if you saw the first maybe three or four minutes of that match... Uh, it got very physical, and Yuta was getting after it on Jericho. And uh, I said, boy, that would be a really good singles match. I'd love to see those two go at it at some point, one-on-one. Um, -on -one. I thought that that looked good to me. It seemed like a t uh, that could be a passing of the torch match for Jericho to give it to Yuta. That very well could be something uh, that we can see in the future. And Sammy Guevara. Now, I've seen Sammy Guevara a number of times in person. But there's so much talent. I mean, think about all the uh, Latino superstars I've seen in wrestling over the years. So many. And Sammy Guevara has so much talent. There's, It's right there. And I hope that he's able to reach the mountaintop that he wants to. Not just in you know, a TNT championship and getting a lot of heat from fans because he's flaunting his uh, former girlfriend, now wife, in front of everybody. You know, it's just... And he's more than just that because he's got so much to give. I think about like Pedro Morales and Al Perez, and think of like Gino Hernandez and Tito Santana, and like I'm talking about baby faces and heels over the years. And like Gino Hernandez is one of the top Latino superstars that uh, that I remember growing up watching. And Sammy could like, Al Perez too. And he can surpass a lot of those guys and be at the very top. He just has it. I can't describe it, but I think if you're a wrestling fan listening to this podcast, <laughs> you know what I mean by it. He's got uh, so much that he can give uh, as a heel. Uh, so I, man, I look forward to, um, I look forward to seeing more of him and see where his career is going because he is. I think he's a very special athlete. Oh, listen. Ah, uh, three cops right past me. The sounds of Chicago. 
Anyway, um, so Sting is awesome, if you didn't know. Sting, the, 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 in the six-man match that he's in, was it six or eight? Young Bucks, Hikaleo, Fantasmo. I know Sting was with Darby Allen, Shingo Takagi, who got a big pop, and uh, uh, Takahashi. Um, Sting just dives off, I guess it, I guess it was off of, uh, near the stage, on top of the stage, dives off on the Young Bucks and everybody else that was part of that tag team match. Uh, from my view, all I saw is Sting just drop out of sight. Uh, I was like, what the hell? Sting is doing shit that I did not see in 1990 when he was the WCW champion. Stuff I did not see when he was in TNA. You know, uh, stuff obviously he didn't do in the WWE because he was only there for a cup of coffee. But he's doing things I've never seen. And the same risks that you see from young wrestlers across the country and around the world, now Sting's doing it. And it's just kind of impressive because Sting's in his 60s doing this shit. And it's like, oh my God, it's crazy. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the interim AEW World Championship with John Moxley against uh, Tanahashi as well. You know, this is a match that John's wanted for a long time. And just to take them on. The only thing is with Tanahashi. Now, I've seen a, a lot of him uh, on YouTube. And when New Japan was really, uh, what I thought was really cooking. When I would watch on Access TV. And, um, I don't know. Just talk. You could just tell that Tanahashi has wrestled a ton of matches, and I don't know if he's in the twilight of his career or how much time he has left. It just didn't look sharp to me. I mean, he's okay, but I didn't think that. You think about Tanahashi going to be being the one-time all-time greats. I saw All Elite talk about in video packages like, if you don't know who Tanahashi is, he reminds you of Bret Hart, and I'm kind of like. Eh. I don't know about Brett. I mean, Brett was was excellent in, in everything that he did. Um, but Tanahashi just seems maybe a, he's lost a step, maybe two. And maybe it's the style of match he was in with John Moxley. But it's not, I guess, you know, it's fine. But I just don't see the, the, the Tanahashi I saw um, even five years ago, ten years ago. And, you know, the, guys take a pounding, especially that New Japan strong style, I get it, I, I'm not taking, taking anything away from Tanahashi, I know he's great, there's no doubt, I just, I don't know, like the things I saw, then to see him in person, it just didn't feel like it was the same, um, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match with Jay White, let me tell you, I don't, uh, if you listen to me for a long time, you might have heard me say this once on previous podcasts. I thought that Jay White was getting a lot of acclaim from IWGP a little bit too soon. I thought it was too much too soon for Jay White. Because I thought that he comes over and he was winning championships, winning a lot of matches in New Japan. I thought, man, is is there a... um, you know, is there a growing curve with him? Or does he lose a few matches and win a few? Like, he took off like a rocket, I thought, in New Japan. Just based on what I saw. He took off like a rocket. And to see him out there tonight against Paige and uh, Adam Cole and Okada. And, I mean, that guy is... 
Everything has meaning. Everything is sharp. Every move is not half-assed. And I think that's part of youth. That's one thing to make sure he nails all his man, his, uh, his uh, moves. But yeah, everything he does is uh, is very very sharp. And so I think that's just really cool. I I like what I saw. Now the ending, where there was a question about Adam Cole, looks like he might have been injured. Uh, and again, I didn't. I was part of the press conference, which hearing now you might already have figured out as might be already. Um, on social media by the time you hear this on Monday. But I know that Cole tried to get the shoulder up and they counted the pinfall anyway. And so, you know, and that's what made the referee look shitty. The fans are getting after him because, you know, they want to see more of the match and the match kind of ended abruptly. And, uh, but I, I was very impressed by Jay White. I was not a, I'll tell you, I was not a fan at first because I thought, God, God, this guy's getting over really quickly against some of the all-time New Japan guys that were hot, and but he impressed me, and so I and I love the promo ability. I saw him. Uh, I saw Jay White at the Odium in Villa Park, Illinois, when New Japan had their show uh, in Chicago Land before. Um, so. To see him again, you know, I like what I saw there from him. So, I mean, all in all, I, I thought, once again, New Japan and AEW coming together knocked out of the park. I realized over the years, and you may feel differently, and I'd love for you to respond to me about this on social media at uh, GKW underscore wrestling or on Instagram. I just think that sometimes when we look at a card, and talk about who's not on it and how the build is. And you just got to get it in the ring. I know I've said that if you heard the podcast, you've never heard me say that. But that's what I'm thinking about driving home. Like, yeah, it's a snake bit because of all these injuries. Man, when I I get charged when I see Miro out there, <laughs> you know, giving 100% in his matchup. You know, watch, watching Miro and the, the reaction uh, of Miro out there, they reaction of FTR, I think that was really cool to be able to see that, and uh, even the buy-in matches, uh, people giving a pop to Billy Gunn, <laughs> I know that was just a buy-in match, but just, uh, you know, just to be able to see him, just to be able to see um, the acclaimed out there, people were into it, so I'd love to get your reaction to what you saw from uh, Forbidden Door, yes, it was a snake bitten. Yes, we did not see Danielson. Yes, we didn't see, um, you know, CM Punk and others. But all in all, I thought it was a fine card. And I just know that, just so, let me let you know about the atmosphere. Atmosphere was really cool. I thought it was really great. Uh, A legit sellout. They were opening up seats behind the stage, behind the staging. Uh, And God bless them. I hope they were able to see some of the show. But... Usually those seats are not available because the stage is so big, but they open up more seats for people to sit behind the stage up top in the 300 level of the United Center, and they were loud. Uh, and I was sitting on the 100, 100 uh, level and uh, watching the show and um, off to the side of the stage, and uh, it was great. It was, it was really great. So all in all, AEW and Forbidden Door has a thumbs up for me. Now, my question is, what happens after this? Like, 
how quickly does AEW get back to their own storylines? Or do we still have lingering ROH and New Japan wrestlers there? Because as I close, I'll tell you this. If you are trying to get your company over, your company over, then you have to be able to have solid episodic television by talking about your storylines. Uh, I think over the last month, I just think the build is, it was not very good because AEW did not explain thoroughly why it's important to have this battle with New Japan. My criticism of, of Tony Khan being a, a young booker is that just because you're into everything wrestling doesn't mean everyone is. If people are turned off by WWE or just saying, okay, I'll watch WWE, but I'll watch AEW, you still have to explain why there was a forbidden door? I mean, I mean, think about this. As I think, of, as I'm driving here, I want you to think about this. So, why was this pay per view called Forbidden Door? I'm not shitting on the action because, as I just told you, it was fantastic. But just the premise: Why was there a forbidden door? Like, oh, AW cannot work with uh, with New Japan. There are more accidents tonight. My God. It's like this is the third accident where a car is turning the wrong direction. What in the hell? Where are these people? How are these people driving? Um. So again, why are these? Oh, well, so my question is, as far as AW and New Japan, why was it called Forbidden Door? All oh, because you can't work with New Japan? No, it's 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 a working relationship. And I'll also ask again from AW standpoint. Is this good for AEW or is this good for uh, New Japan? I think it's better for New Japan because I think it gets them going. When AEW worked with Impact Wrestling, who, who, what, I mean, how did that, who got the better relationship? Who did that help? Did it help AEW or did it help Impact Wrestling? Well, it helped Impact Wrestling, at least for the short term. So I, I you know. These relationships where it's like, oh, you're not supposed to cross over. Look, you know what the ultimate forbidden door is? The, the ultimate forbidden door is AEW and WWE working together. Okay? Let's not get it twisted. That That's the ultimate forbidden door. Because when Ring of Honor is, is barely on the on the landscape, the NWA is barely on the landscape, you know, um, New Japan is doing their own thing, uh, wrestling in Mexico is doing their own thing, the actual forbidden door is WWE versus AEW, which will never happen, uh, at least not at, not recently, not, not in the next couple of years at least, right? That's the ultimate forbidden door. But uh, it's, it's funny how that's like, oh, you you know, AEW working with, with New Japan, it's forbidden. Well, it's not forbidden. All you got to do is ask, can we, can we have a combined show? And New Japan's like, yeah, because we're trying to get into the American market. We're trying to get more fans into what we do in America. So yeah, so not so not so forbidden. It's a good, it's a nice catchy name, but not really for forbidden, at least from my, from my standpoint. All right, my friends, thanks so much as always for your support for Good Karma Wrestling. Really enjoying the show with Brian and Gabe. It's different, of course, than the previous shows I've done in the past, as you well know, with Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Um, but we still have additional content here, just like I'm doing here, driving home. Um, we got kids from Illinois Media School uh, in Lombard doing a show from their studios. We've uh, with uh, 
Dave and the crew are do, doing shows as well. So we like to add as much content as possible. Um, and also our pop-up shows. You know, we have our show every Thursday, but you know wrestling's got so much information. So uh, just keep checking with us on Instagram and also on Twitter for any news or any pop-up shows that we have. And as always, I appreciate your support, especially on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. All right, my friends, as always, thanks so much for riding with me on the way home from the United Center on a great night for wrestling. Forbidden Door from AEW.